a Bud Light draft with a wedge of lime. 311. It's definitely Mexican. It's what I grew up with in the home and it's my comfort food. Beats and Easter podcast. Old Head Ed here. Another week with you. Thank you for joining us another week. Uh, as always, I have another special guest. She's a belly dance instructor as well as a Brazilian samba instructor out of the Tampa and St. Petersburg area. She's owner and creative director of Samba Syndicate, the dance team. Uh, we're going to get more into that. We're going to get into where you can find her, where you can join her, where you can learn from her. Uh, but before we get to that, I got to introduce Gypsy Aaron. Hey, how you doing everyone? There you go. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for taking the time. I know you have a busy schedule and I appreciate it. Let's get right into it. Usually this is the part where I ask my guests how they got into what there is that they're doing. So how did you find yourself uh, getting involved with dance? Well, when I was a child, um, my mother threw me up on choirs and you know, acting and everything okay. else and dancing. And um, so I was always thrown up on the stage when I was young. And then when I was in high school, I was a part of the dance team called the Palms. If okay. you guys remember the Palm team that did the, you know, rah, rah, rah yeah, okay. in the middle of the... <laughs> and games and whatnot and events. Exactly. So I did that. And then after a while, I um, started doing like rave dancing and club dancing okay. on the platforms and such and then after that I started getting into some real instruction with belly dancing so it was a lead up and then my belly dance instructors actually taught me Brazilian Samba as well nice nice so those two kind of go hand in hand they actually normally don't okay but for some reason I was blessed with some instructors that actually knew both forms okay there's a lot of hip movement Yes, there's a lot of hip movement. So yes, some of the moves can translate over. Um, also in uh, Tahitian dancing, okay. too, some of those uh, moves can translate over too. But for some reason, Brazilian and belly do go well together. Yeah. Uh, belly dancing. Uh, so that's, uh, that's I, I imagine it's a deep and rich culture. It's been around yes. for centuries. Yes, you're absolutely right. Like, it was... Um, more of a Middle Eastern type of dance okay. and that's where it formed and was created and now it has branched out to many different cultures. Okay. And you teach belly dance and samba as well? Correct. Uh -huh. Okay. What's the what's the best part about teaching? The best funnest part about teaching is watching your students progress okay. and watch them be happy as they dance. Okay, and then they find out that they can do and they, they could accomplish these tasks you give them and that's, I imagine, it's a reward in, in itself. 
That's a reward too, but also the community that we have here in Tampa. Okay. We have a very nice studio called Hip Expressions that is very accepting to all body types, to all ages, men, women, and we have so many different classes that um, it's easy to get started and we really do have a nice um, welcoming culture. So if you want friends even, we all hang out and we do things. So that's another good part of um, teaching dance is getting to know the people. Yeah, I imagine that that's, that's a, a good thing to have also is that sense of community because people first, uh, people a lot of times approach dance, they might not be the most open you know, as far as uh, expressing themselves in a sense. So you might find people that are just trying to, trying to do something different, maybe challenge themselves, but they've never done it before. Do you see a lot, a lot of that too? I students? see a lot of that and I see a lot of people wanting to find friendships. Okay. And they end up coming back for the community and the friendships that are brought with our classes. Nice, nice. Mm -hmm. Now, how about um, competitions? Have you ever competed dancing? Um, I, I know that they have a belly dance. Well, it's a belly dance convention they have in Miami, right? They do. They do. I don't do any competition um, dancing, and the reason why is because I put all of my energy into my performances, my students, and um, myself actually. Yeah. And if I did competitions, it would just be another thing that I'd have to do. And yeah. honestly, I just really like to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's nothing wrong with that. that you put in hard work. You, you know, you, you do your, you work at your craft and you perform so you should get paid. That, that makes sense to me. Yeah, so that's, that's more of what I focus on rather than competing. Cool, cool. Quick story, uh, usually I, I'll share like my first uh, um, encounter with the guest and whatnot if there's been one before, if I've, if I've known him for a while. Um, and I think, I don't know if you'll remember this, but my first encounter with you was um, there was a toasting the teal function that happened uh, oh, that was a, it. Was a long time ago. That it was, was a about long time ago. About three, years, three four or four years. Four ago. years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then uh, I think that was the first time I saw you perform. And like the thing that captivated me was you walked in and you had like this confidence. And I imagine like going back to the students coming in for the first time, they're probably not the most confident. Um, I don't know if, I, if many of them have already a background in dance, but I imagine that they walk out of there with a confidence. I feel like they do. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's all part of learning. Um, and it's pretty, it's pretty cool that everyone's expect, accept, accepted as far as you know, body types, uh, genders, and whatnot. Because I think regardless, most people do have some dance in them. They just haven't like tapped into it yet. Exactly. Everyone can move. <laughs> if you could walk, if you could talk, you could sing. If you could walk, you could dance. That's yes. like an old proverb and whatnot. Um, so then when you got into samba, because that's what you, you actually did a samba routine. So I didn't know you were a belly dancer because you did a samba routine. Um, which is excellent. And um, so how did, at what point did you go from belly dance to samba? Um, it was about two or three years into my um, career of belly dancing. And then my two teachers, their name was Kaya and Sadie. Shouts to y'all. Mm-hmm. And um, this was in Denver, Colorado at the time. And they okay. had um, heard a song called Magdalena. And they constructed this whole entire routine of Brazilian samba with the headdresses okay. and the feather boas on the booties. Okay. And um, everything. And they taught that to us. And then we 
started performing in clubs in the Denver area at festivals. And then from there, we just started learning more samba because of that routine. It was okay. really very magical. Nice, nice. I'm glad you mentioned the uh, the outfits, the head right down to the headdress to the right down to the, the heels, I imagine, or the dance shoes. Um, is there what's the story behind that? I know it's all colorful. It's a lot of feathers. What's the reason behind that? The reason behind that is because in Carnival in uh, Brazil, and then it kind of ties in with like Fat Tuesday and things like mm. that. So you end up wanting to wear the most colorful, okay. the most you know beautiful, showy costume and showy moves for the Carnival parade in Brazil. Nice, nice. That's cool. And I imagine there's. There's groups, there's there's just a bunch of people that get involved with the parade, so it gives you a, another opportunity to stand out. Yes, absolutely. That's pretty cool. So you're in the Tampa St. Pete area, you're teaching people, you're building a sense of community. Tell me about Best of the Bay. Okay, so the Best of the Bay um, is Tampa Bay, and um, basically they have this magazine called creative loafing okay which is just a magazine that tells all about you know the city and, and the surrounding areas and so they have best of the bay restaurants best of the bay clubs and so on and so we were nominated for one of the best of the bay um dance studios in okay. the area unfortunately we did not get it <laughs> listen sorry right. we work for, like, for next we, year we're working for next year and then they always let us perform at the award ceremony because we do have a lot of color and flair nice and you're skilled at what you do exactly dope. that's so dope um wait so the voting is that strictly based out of west i mean i'm sorry tampa bay st petersburg area or can anybody vote anyone can vote um it's based on a system to where you have to log in okay to the system to vote all right so my listeners we're gonna make this happen next year i'm gonna say right now i'm gonna call it right now next year i'm telling you samba syndicate best of the bay it's gonna happen Woo! Yes, yeah. let's make it happen, people. All 33 of y'all. All, <laughs> all 33 listeners, I need y'all to vote. I'll remind you when the time comes, <laughs> and you, we'll prepare you, and we'll tell you exactly what to do. Um, I'm going to jump back into belly dance. One of the, the most impressive things that I... I mean, I know there's a lot. I found myself in a situation. I'm not going to go into too many details, but that where uh, I was in a open house for belly dance, and then you know they like to grab the guys out of the crowd, Yes. And uh, they pull you up to do some type of dance, or and I think it's more of like a hazing thing. <laughs> it's, like, it's like it's like you know, so I, and I may or may not have been pulled up. Um, I cannot confirm nor deny. And then uh, they teach you a couple basic moves involving the shimmy, and and that is hard. Yes, that is tough. And then it's. I know, I know if I did or didn't do it right, I'm not sure. Maybe the guy up there, you know, asking for a friend. Um, <laughs> it, it, it takes a lot of effort to, to, make, to, have, to make these movements or perform these movements. And then for a prolonged amount of time, it's like, that's, that's physically tasking. It is, it is. And, and it you guys make it look so toes. easy. How do y'all do that? Um, a lot of hours of practice. Okay, okay. Honestly, if you practice your shimmies for even 10 minutes a day, okay. by the end of the week, you're going to have it. Nice, nice. Know? Yes, yeah, I came, I went into it just like without no, <laughs> without no warm up. I didn't loosen up. I didn't do any stretching. That's, that was my downfall, I guess. Yeah, why, why do you think those Brazilians have, you know, the big booties and the big thighs yeah. and everything? It's because it's they muscle. have been... They have been working at it since birth, wow. some of those um, Brazilians 
students over there yeah. and um, it's a lot of leg movements and it shows. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's what they're doing. The babies aren't actually kicking in the, in the stomach. They're actually shimmying. <laughs> the like in Brazil, the moms are like, she's shimmying again. Yeah. It's not like here, we're like, oh, she, the kid is kicking. It's not. Exactly. <laughs> I like that. I love that. I love it. That's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, um, <laughs> another part of the belly dance is um, when there's a sword involved. Whether it's balancing it on the head, um, that's that's tough. Cause is that has to do a lot? I guess imagine with your center of gravity, where you're balancing it, yet your your body's moving, but yet you keep it evenly. Like, what's the secret behind that? Um, the way that I actually started doing my sword, um, and this was such a good idea. My instructor told me that I need to put the sword on at home and then walk around and do my chores and really? fold the laundry, you know, and like put the dishes away. And when you do that at home, just, you know, chilling, then yeah. you make it a habit. And all of a sudden the sword is balancing on your head as you're dancing so much easier. And you, I imagine it feels like it's not even there at some point. Like if you do it so often, like. Yeah, sometimes, especially when you're spinning in a circle really fast. Really? Mm -hmm. You spin and it's, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. That is amazing. It barely feels like, I think the G-force just kind of holds, holds it, it in there. Place. Yeah. I think you're onto something. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> so again, where can they find you? Where can they come see you uh, perform or teach? Maybe get involved in the class? Awesome. So our studio is located in St. Petersburg, Florida. It is called Hip Expressions. You can go on the website at hip-expressions.com. And then my personal um, Samba Syndicate website is just www.sambasyndicate.com. Just how it's spelled. And that way you can get a hold of me for performances or um, any kind of classes or teaching you can get a hold of me there excellent that's so dope so you guys heard it Erin told you we walked through kind of how she got started um, the things she enjoys about teaching and even performing um, she told you where you could find her uh, so with that we got the business stuff out of the way so now we get into the rest of the podcast which is the silliness it's drinking it's talking about music and talking about food so Erin stay with me Bruce Beats and Eats we'll see you guys on the other side Beats and East the podcast. Old head Ed here, still with you, and so is Aaron. Aaron is still with me. Hi. Hey. So we're at the point of the podcast that most people enjoy when they come and sit down and talk to me, and after you know they they work up a thirst telling me their story, getting into detail about what they do and uh, where they plan on going from here on out. They work up a thirst, so we uh, I provide four beers for them to sample. Um, they're different beers, different alcohols by volume. Um, I also provide them chips to cleanse the palate uh, in between beers. Sometimes I forget to put the pretzel chips out, but this time <laughs> I succeeded. They are here. They're all part of this. I got them. Excellent. So, see, thanks for the confirmation, Aaron. Uh -huh. So, with that, um, I'm going to have Aaron get into the first beer, uh, which is the one on your left. And that is from the Tampa Bay Brewing Company, considering that we're recording in Tampa. St. Petersburg, Tampa area, so I figured I keep it home team, 
and we're gonna go with their uh, double coast lager. Okay, go Tampa. Here we go. So that's an American lager. Ooh. Yeah. I like it. Okay. Okay. It, oh, it tastes like oranges. Nice. Okay, that's great. Cause you said you weren't a big beer drinker. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good thing. I right, would so drink this for sure. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, dope. So it's an American lager. It clocks in at a 4.1 alcohol by volume ABV and is brewed here in Tampa. Um, so it's on the lower range of the ABV. Um, closer to your, I guess, Bud Lights, Miller Lights and whatnot. But you like that one. I love this one. I'm keeping it. Nice. <laughs> I'm not going to wrestle it away from her. I am not going to wrestle it away from her. She dances with a sword on her head. I, I don't want the sword to come out. He's smart. He's there you smart, go. folks. Smart. <laughs> so, Aaron, um, you're not a big beer drinker, but do you recall maybe the first time you had a beer? Yes. You want me to elaborate on that? <laughs> yes, yes, please. But it all depends. Like, we kind of dance around. Our previous guests were like, they look at me, they give me that look, and they're like, legally or illegally? <laughs> and a lot of people say, no, yeah, you know, come from a Spanish household. So at some point, I was able to get my hands on a beer before I was supposed to. So it's your story. You tell me. Which one do you want to share? My story? I'm just going to give it to you straight. Okay? That's what I'm talking I'm about. I'm just going to give it to you That's straight. That's what the listeners are here for. <laughs> it was like a party when I was in about the 10th grade. It was probably one of those canned ones. I think it was a Keystone. Okay. Okay. Keystone. That's Watered it back. down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> keystone. But at that age, it was enough to give you an effect, I imagine. Just like, it's You keystone. know what? I don't even know if it gave me an effect. I was just trying to be cool. Okay. Okay. <laughs> See what happens when we try to be cool? We learn to drink things before our time. I know. Cool. So it was a ten, it was a tenth grade party. Was everybody drinking Keystone? You know what? There was uh, quite a few Keystones in rotation. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Was your initial reaction like, why do why do adults drink this? Or, why did, or did you? Yeah. You just, and then you just powered yes. through because you're like, yes, everybody else is exactly. Doing. I was like, really? People actually do this? Okay. This is what my boyfriend wanted to do, so let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dope, dope. So let's get into the next one. Um, we'll, we'll hold. They'll set that one aside. I know I'm gonna have to ask. Yes, you, to you have to wrestle that down, one. Yeah. I feel sorry for the other ones coming up. <laughs> it's it, you set, it's, a, it's set a high bar. Like no. it's gonna have to meet that exactly. expectation. <laughs> so let's go with the next one. The next one is from Brewbus Brewing Company. This is their Tangerine Splash. It's a Belgian wit beer or a white beer. Um, and it comes in at a 5.2% alcohol by volume. It's also brewed here in the Tampa area. Is 5.2 a lot? It's more than 4.1. No, it is, <laughs> it's not. Yes, 5.2, you start getting into a range where it's a little heavier than most. They have up to like 11 and 12. Um, but 5.2 is kind of middle of the road. Okay, okay. So, so it has more alcohol. Yes. And you know, I do like it because I like the flavor. I like the tan, what was it, tangerine? Tangerine, yes. I love that flavor. Um, it is a little more tangy. The other one was a little more sweet. Okay. But if you want something a little more tangy, yeah, mm-hmm, okay. then you're going to like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. It's labeled, it's labeled as a, uh, uh, it's like a light-bodied wheat beer spiced with coriander and chamomile flowers. That I don't is know. Very, very nice. I don't know if you pick up any of that, but that's what's in there. Apparently. I do. Yeah, I nice. pick up some some plant life is in there. There you go. Definitely. There you go. Plant life. We're all about the, <laughs> we're all about the herbage and the foliage. Cool, cool. Um, uh, 
If you know what I mean. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Shouts to the Cali Rasta farmer. Um, and uh, <laughs> um, another question. Oh, do you, uh, nowadays, do you drink beer? Or what is it you drink? I'm a vodka girl, vodka mostly. Girl. Okay. Mm-hmm. Vodka soda lime. Okay. Simple yet effective. Yes. And it's like a diet drink, too. So that's good. Smart. Gotta keep the figure. Dope. Yes, that's a good strategy. That's a very good strategy. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Uh, we're going to get into the third one now. This yes. is from the Kona Brewing Company, and this is their Hanale. I, I'm going to say it's Hanale. I might be pronouncing it wrong. Uh, my Hawaiian isn't so fluent. This one does taste like flowers. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is an island IPA. It's an American IPA. It's the Hanale Island IPA. It's an American IPA. This one goes back down to 4.5 ABV, so you're not kind of in the middle of the pack between the first one and the second one. Um, It's brewed in Hawaii, and this one's got passion fruit, guava, and orange. Okay, and then what does IPA mean? IPA is Indian Pale Ale. So, the reason they call it, and this is like my favorite quote, like this is the chance I read something, so now I'm like, I don't know to share the information. Okay, good, because I'm confused. Okay. A pale Indian pale ale is the pale ale that is was shipped to India from Europe. The reason that they call it the Indian pale ale, well, okay, so they they uh, brew it with a lot of hops. Because okay. in order for the pale ale to make the trip from Europe to India, yes, they had to load it down with hops so that it would maintain its freshness by the time it got to India. Okay. So this is the Indian pale ale or India pale ale. Okay. Yes. It is preserved. Yes, it mm. makes it's, it makes the trip. It, it goes the distance. Okay, this one is pretty sour. It's a little more sour even than the tangerine. Okay, mm-hmm. that's typically see me as a beer drinker. Mm-hmm. I typically stay away from IPAs. Because okay. it does have that sour, that bitterness on the back end. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of it. There's a couple that I have tasted that they're not so um, noticeable on the back end. Mm-hmm. So I, there's a, there's like a, a handful that I could drink. Um, but that but you you sipped it and you made it. I mean that's a good thing. You got it's that good. under your belt. It's still pretty good. Let me have one more taste. Please do. Yep, that's definitely sour. If you like sour, then go for that one. There you go. Mm -hmm. Recommendations from Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. So now we're rounding forth. We're bringing it home. And this one's going to be Brewlinks Brewing Ivory Stout. It's an American stout. And this one comes in at a Uh, 4.8. Brewed in Indiana. Oh, my gosh. It tastes like chocolate. Does it? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Mm. So now I'm going to have to try some of it too. That is so delicious. Okay. It's a four point... Four point... Is it a four point eight? It's four point eight. Yeah. That's mild. It's very mild. It's very nice. And it's drinkable. And it has that that pleasant surprise of a chocolate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Try. It's very nice. Oh, you're not lying. Oh, yeah. it, tastes, it tastes like chocolate for real. Yes, I just tried it for the first time too, and I agree. That tastes that tastes like chocolate. And it's not too heavy. It's pretty light. And it clocks in a little higher than your typical run-of-the-mill beers as far as the alcohol by volume. So that's pretty good. And what was the low down on that one? That was uh, Brewling Brewing. It's an ivory stout. Typically, stouts are darker. Like your porters, your stouts. Um, Guinness is a stout. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a, it's a white stout. So maybe I've never that's had a white this. stout. See, first We're time done. for everything. First time Cheers for everything. Cheers to that. No, for sure. Cheers. Yes. Done. Salud.
Mm. Yeah, that is I actually I'm pleasantly surprised by that one too. Like it. Um there's um I was gonna ask what was I gonna ask? Did next? you wanna know my so favorite one out of all of yes, them? Yes, let's go there. Okay. Hey, are my... you trying to take over the what? show? Yes. I think <laughs> I think I'm gonna be replaced. No, go ahead. You know, I can be a ham sometimes, so you have to not ignore me. All hams <laughs> All hams are welcome. Go ahead, your favorite one. Okay. So drum roll, please. It is the first one. The Tampa Bay Brewing Company, their Double Coast Lager. I loved that That's one. That's number one for you. Mm-hmm. And then number two is the Chocolate Stout. The Chocolate Stout is number two. Which is the least? The one that... Uh, Kona. The Kona, the IPA. Yeah, IPAs for, for people who are not real beer drinkers. Actually, beer snobs really love IPAs. Mm. Like that's their thing. They'll look down and be like, "Oh, you don't drink an IPA?" And I was like, "No, I don't drink an IPA. I don't it's like because it." Because I don't want to have the pain of yes. the sting. Yes. Of all that. Yeah. Exactly. I agree. But if you want the pain, then go ahead, go, drink it. Go for IPA. Mm-hmm. This is so excellent. I, I feel like I accomplished something just for the simple fact that for someone who's not big on beer, I picked out four beers that kind of. Like we're in the range for the most part, three out of the four you you really felt good about, and then we found one that was the definite thumbs all the way up. Yes, I think you did a great job with the selection of the beers. They were very eclectic and very very girly, even I might add. Okay, you Don't. know, <laughs> yes, that's I'll take that adjective. It's never been described as that, but yeah, <laughs> that works. That works for me. I am not mad. I'm just glad you didn't make me do this with a sword on my head. I know. <laughs> <laughs> next time, next time. So. Okay, For I gotta, sure. start, gotta start practicing. I'm gonna start with like, since I'm Dominican, I'm gonna start with like a plantain. Oh, oh I'll do like a plantain on my <laughs> It'll be hard to explain to those around me, why do you have a plantain on your head? But I think baby steps, right? You're a step ahead of the game already, see? Next Dope. time, next time we're doing the sword on his head. <laughs> so, so, that was the Bruce segment. Erin toughed it out, she got through the beers. Um, she, she told you which one was her favorite and her least favorite. And um, that means that we wrap up this segment and we'll see you guys on the other side. And we're going to talk where we're going to talk music. We've now reached uh, the beats portion of the podcast. This is where we talk music. This is where we get to know what our guest enjoys listening to, what um, what music motivates them, uh, uh, if there's a mood for a certain type of music or what have you. Um, so with that, Aaron, what kind of music do you enjoy most? Um, I really like rock. Okay. Um, like, um, let me think. Um, old rock, like eighties rock. Ah, uh, that's 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 nice. I grew up on some White Snake, uh, Scorpion. Um, let me hold on. Let me date myself. Let me name okay, these okay, band names. Okay, okay. I'm the old headed here. I'm the old head person on this podcast. So White Snake, uh, Def Leppard. Um, Don't forget Poison. Poison. Bon Jovi. Yes, Bon Jovi. Um, I mean, it went deep. It yes, went Def Leppard. It was so it many went options. Def Leppard deep. Yeah. You know, in those days. Did I say White Snake? White Snake was yes, there too. Yes, you did. Because Motley the car Crew. Motley, the crew was big. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so I that, like that stuff. Okay, which song was playing at this tenth grade party when you had your first beer? Oh man, it was recall? "Love of a Lifetime" from Firehouse. You actually remember? I was gonna <laughs> throw it at you just to see. 
I didn't think you would remember. Okay. No, I don't. No, I was just kidding. But oh, no, that, <laughs> all right. Good. You got it. You got it. But no, that was like a the song back in those days, you know? Okay. So if, if you ever know, you know. There you go. There you go. Um, what do you find yourself listening to nowadays? Um, I'm listening to a lot of Top 40. Okay. Um, I listen to a lot of Middle Eastern music. There's some good stuff there. There's some really good stuff, and then I get all my songs from there, so it just plays over and over, and I also listen to a lot of Brazilian music as well. Okay. So, nice. just because that's my craft, and so yes. I'm immersed in my craft, so I need to look for songs all the time, so I'm in my car, I'm playing it, I'm at the gym, I'm playing it, so that's there you what go. I listen to. It's, yeah, it's all around you, so that, that way... It's you, you have it memorized because I'm sure dance moves go according to, to time frame <clears throat> count, counts and whatnot. Yeah, but if I like want to like ask Google, mm -hmm. then I just ask for um, Incubus. Okay. Mm -hmm. See, I've heard of Incubus. I don't know if I'm familiar with their music. I, and I probably know a song. I just don't know that that's them. So what's a song you would recommend for me to maybe start off like an incubus? Drive. Drive? Drive. Okay. It's really easy to swallow and it's like a really good message. Really? Okay. Uh-huh. And um, if you listen to all their music and go to their concerts, you're going to see like very nice light shows and lasers that go along with like their trippy music. Okay. I'm trying to think now that you're mentioning that. I went to a concert, but I think that was Tool. Does Tool do lights too? Okay, it's, it's kind of sort of like Tool. Mm -hmm. um, another one I was going to say is the Deftones. Okay. Oh my gosh, have you heard of the Deftones? Heard of them. And again, this is probably the situation where I've probably heard a song, but I don't know them. But like that, yeah, because the they've been in top forty and stuff yeah. like that. But they're like rock, but like trippy rock. Like they'll uh, get really slow. Okay, and, you so know, it doesn't have that that old, that uh, that kind of like time uh, time pace that most rock songs have. It's, yeah, it's like down. they'll get crazy, but then they'll get like really trippy and slow. You can yeah, about to it, you know, whatever. Where does that put you? Like when you're listening to it, does that is that something that's soothing? Does it get it's you motivated? So is it it's so soothing? That's so wild because mm -hmm. typically. People might say, oh, soothing, you know, classical or soothing, but you, people, depending on your musical taste, you could find, you know, calm and peace in some of the, like, craziest you're songs. Right. I and imagine. I never noticed it was soothing until you said that, but you're absolutely right. It cool. is. Mm -hmm. So, dope. So now I got, I got a list of things I got to look for. Deftones, Incubus, and like I said, I'm probably gonna, I'm probably gonna look it up and oh, I have heard that. What song kind of before. music do you like? I, I'm strictly a hip hop person. Okay. Yeah. Give I, me some hip hop. <clears throat> I know hip hop. Well, okay. So, <clears throat> um, Early on, well, okay, nowadays hip-hop, it's got to be uh, Kendrick, um, J. Cole, yes. um, Odyssey, which is not, he's not like a top 40 artist, but he's from the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, and he's very, he's, his production is ridiculous, and he raps as well, too. Um, who else do I listen to nowadays? A lot of the old stuff. I'm glad that there's, oh, Run the Jewels. Since we're going to talk rock, or you're a fan of rock, see, that kind of now changes my mind on what I'm going to play for you. It's going to have uh -oh. to change to Run the Jewels, which is a good thing, which is a good thing. So Run the Jewels is probably my favorite group out there. Now, I like them because they're, um, they're two MCs from different worlds. One's from Brooklyn, one's from Atlanta. And they look nothing alike, and, but they have this talent when it comes to writing songs and making these records. The best part is that they're about my age, and typically when you get to 40... When you get to 44, <laughs> he said when, you, when you get to 44, 
Um, <clears throat> that's considered like a like a no man's land for for artists. It's like no, it's a young man's sport. I think Jay Z said it. Oh, it's for young guys. But now Jay Z's making music into his forties, so it's good to to see that somebody that came up in the same era that I did, listening to the same music, influenced by the same things, now is still able to be successful, tour, make money off of it. They got a, a fourth album coming out sometime this year, hopefully, or maybe early next year. They've been that's working good. on it. So that's what, actually, that's going to bring me to the song I'm going to play for you. I'm going to play sure. Run the Jewels for you. We're going to come back on the other side and you tell me your impression of it. All right. Let's do that. Good. Aaron's down. Run the Jewels. We'll Let's be right it. back. Yes, we're back. And that was Run the Jewels, uh, Legend Has It, are the, off their RTJ3 album. Um, we actually even went into um, uh, Ticketron, which was the next song in the album. Got a little sample of that. We kind of got on our RTJ trip for a second there. Aaron, what did you think of RTJ? I really, really loved it, especially the first song when you played it. It just hits you right in the face with those production sounds. It's amazing. The um, lyrics are super clean. Um, they're super out there. They yeah. have something to say. Um, they're funny. They're witty. Um, and I really like the guy that sounds like KRS-One. Yes. We've determined <laughs> that KRS, that, uh, that Killer Mike has <clears throat> this, uh, this sound. Um, very, very reminiscent of Karis One, and we were kind of going back and forth as to trying to figure out who it was it that we were trying to place the sound, uh, compare them to from the early, from the early '80s or early late '80s. Karis One came out late '80s, um, so you enjoyed the RTJ. Um, I, I compare them to, they have to me a, a rock sound in the sense that they're, it does hit you in the face. It's one of these, it's a production that hits you in the face and they have, like you said, they have sounds that they Who's use. Who's the group that's like, I was, I'm cool like that. I'm cool oh, like that. Oh, that's Diggable Planets. No, the other, oh shoot, the other ones. They had the feel of a tribe called Quest. Oh, okay. That's okay. what I'm saying. This group that you just played me, what's their name? Run the Jewels. Run the Jewels. They kind of remind me of a tribe called Quest in a way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, big tribe called Quest fan? Mm-hmm. What's yeah. your favorite song? Um, I don't remember right now because okay. you're Is putting it? me on the spot. <laughs> I'm going to name off a couple songs. You tell me if it's that okay. one. Uh, electric Relaxation. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> this is I so don't much know. fun. Um, Just sing me a song. Oh, oh, I'm horrible. Is it the sing. one? Uh, I like them brown, yellow, Puerto Rican, and Haitian. Name is Five Dog from the Zulu Nation. Told you in the jam that we can get down. Uh. So, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 this turned turn into a karaoke. <laughs> Let's just go with electric relaxation. So, okay. so, so you're you're a fan of Run the Jewels. You like the production. That's pretty cool. Um, you gave me some some homework to do. I'm gonna definitely get into maybe uh, discovering some Incubus and Deftones. Um, and so you're saying that the live show, Incubus live show, is something else that something that shouldn't be missed. Also, yes. Yeah, so I went to the Mid Florida Credit theater amphitheater okay and last year and they were amazing even when i didn't know the song from their new album it was coming out to where i was just i couldn't take my eyes off of the stage it was beautiful wow beautiful absolutely beautiful and then i am going to be going next month at the uh ruth eckard center i believe and it's a very intimate venue so very okay. intimate venue large band um incubus and uh it's probably nice. sold out so i don't mm. think you can go sorry <laughs> man i got uninvited without being asked to be invited how does that work no but you're gonna be there yes you're I'm gonna, gonna be, be there, there cheering them on enjoying this 
then join the music of Incubus. That is so dope. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, intimate venues. That's 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 like the way to go if you can get in. Yes. That's dope. Um, there's a there's a group coming down to um, South Florida um, from North Carolina. They're called Little Brother. Um, I like their music, and their only stop in South Florida. It's like invitation only. Oh, nice. So I was like, no, that doesn't mean I'm there yet, but I'm hoping that I can get Hopefully, in there somehow. Right, so I'm kind of like, I'm pulling, I'm trying to get my connects together. Like, hey, Send the podcast to them. Yeah, yeah, you go. There, there you, you go. go. We'll talk to little brother. We're going to shout out to your band, bro. That's what I'm talking about. So <laughs> on top of all that, we got to know what Erin likes to listen to. Uh, I got I got her put on to RTJ. And um, all that's left to do is get into the food, which is the next segment. So you guys stick around. I still got Erin with me. We'll see you on the other side. See you soon. Yeah. So what you eating on? Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast, and we are rounding, we are rounding third on the home stretch. And of course, at this point of the podcast is where we discuss food. We kind of get to know our guests, our guests' taste in food, what's their favorite food, what's something that they don't like, um, if they like sweets, if they're more of a salty person. So with that, Aaron, what's your favorite dish? Mexican. Mexican. Anything Mexican? A specific Mexican? I like cheese enchiladas. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother used to make them, and then my mom made them, and then she taught me how to make them, and I know how to make them good. What? Yes. This could have turned into a whole other podcast if I knew you made cheese enchiladas. <laughs> I'd be like, let's get it. Let's eat. <laughs> um, so, all right. So now, since you have the since you have the recipe, typically I'll ask people where can you find your favorite one. But you can make your own, so that kind of throws that question out the window. Well, I'll tell you if I don't want to go through all that work okay. because it's a lot of work, you know, involved. So I just go to like Tijuana Flats. Okay. And they have a they have an enchilada that's pretty decent there. Yes, because some of those Mexican restaurants don't know what they're doing out here in South Florida. Wow. You know what? It's funny you mentioned that. Um, while being here on the west coast of Florida, um, I tried tongue for the very first time. And that was pretty good. Is it good? That was pretty Ow. good. Yeah. I. You know what? That's what I said. I. Ow. If it Is was it tender. Yes. And it has a little more flavor than the steak did at this place, oh. at this location. Um, friend of mine um, said, shots to you, said seven, um, the previous guest I had on the show. Um, we There was a place within walking distance. It was right next to a laundromat, mm-hmm. a small little Mexican spot. And um, we get up there and we walk and we look at the menu. And um, I, I have been told about lengua like yeah you should try it and several people have told me and i said you know what i'm out here doing (laughs) doing different things i'm out on the west coast of florida what the heck let's make it like an occasion and what kind of sealed the deal was when i looked at him and asked him like have you ever had that he's like yo it's great so i was like okay that's it and i have to try it so definitely tried lengua and it was it was really good like i said i enjoyed it better than the steak that they had at the place the steak wasn't bad how was it it prepared it's diced down real small i i mean okay it just doesn't come with like i just imagine a plate with just like this huge tongue Tongue on it and then they just give it to here's a fork here's a knife do what you can (laughs) 
I mean, when you said, like, I don't know what's going on right Bring now. Bring in the big tortilla <laughs> for the tongue. Um, yeah, no, no, it's, um, uh, from what I understand, it's, um, they do take the, the outer layer of the tongue, which is the tongue. I didn't want to know this. Wait a minute. <laughs> so I don't have to answer the question. Just no, like was it in a taco? Like yeah, oh yeah, I'm sorry, it was in a taco. Yes, definitely. Oh. I actually got pictures. It's a but tongue it was, taco. It's a tongue taco. Got that, it. That's a tongue twister, I think. Is at it? the same time, I don't know if that. Tongue taco, taco tongue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it wasn't a small taco. They had you know onions um, on it. Uh, it. It was very good. Here you go. Okay. I'm gonna show you an image there. Oh, that the looks like a regular street taco. Yeah. Okay. So you got your, you know, just and you liked it better than the steak? Yes, I did. Oh my I gosh, did. how do you feel right now? I'm questioning life. No, 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 no. <laughs> Actually, um, I, I feel okay. Mm. I, I, I enjoyed it at the moment, and I haven't had any adverse reactions to it. <laughs> I don't know if there's a time frame that it might still hit me at some point. You but might start talking weird or something, like your tongue's gonna grow now. <laughs> That's the last thing I need. That's Especially the with the podcast. Yes. Because it was like, I thought, to the, it, it, would, it would take a whole other life. Like, the words wouldn't get out. And I have problems getting the words out sometimes. So, with a, a bigger tongue, that, that's a degree of difficulty you're I'm not ready for. You're just start talking tongues now that yeah, you've eaten tongue. tongue. Yeah, yeah. I have to, yeah. It's exactly. already starting, folks. Yeah. <laughs> and then there goes, there, there goes the listenership, like know, little by little. So, uh, Mexican food. Um, are you into um, sweets at all? Yes. Desserts? Yes. Okay. So, um, what's a dessert that calls your attention? Because I know you, you have the, you have the vodka, and you drink the vodka to keep the calories down. Mm -hmm. So, what's the one that where you just say screw it, calories out the window? You know what? I'm always a fan of anything that has cream. Okay. Like whipped cream or like Bavarian cream. So like eclairs, um, yes, cannolis. No, not no cannoli cannolis? because it's a little too. The uh, texture of the cream is a little too dense. Yeah, that's a little too dense for like me. I like a Boston cream uh, pie. Okay. okay. Or just like my favorite dessert is like probably when my mom used to make the um, white. No, I'm sorry, the yellow cake with the chocolate frosting from the Betty Crocker like little. The tub, you know, the little small. Yeah. Yeah, just do that. Maybe put Simple. some cream on the side. I have some, okay, so this is what I do diet-wise for all of that. Let's get into that. Because I have to. Okay. So when I was on the Atkins diet, I found out that you can actually have whipped cream in like first, you know, it has barely no calories, barely yeah. no sugar. So what I do is when I get the sweet tooth is I just have the light whipped cream in my fridge and then I put actual fruit with it. So at night at 3 a.m. when I'm like starving for that cake, I go for the fruit and whipped cream and I feel like you can have as much as you want. Without the guilt. Yes. And then you like, it won't wear on your conscience afterwards. Yes, and then, oh, but you know what? A, a Boston cream donut, forget about it. It's mm. delicious. See, um, my technique would be, and I'm, I'm horrible at this and I should, be a little more conscientious um, of what I eat, um, but I guess that's why I try to work out as much as possible just to balance it out. <laughs> yep, me too. But this, this, the whipped cream with some strawberries and it's like with some shortcake, like would be the way I go. But if you can't have the shortcake and you want to navigate away from that and you want to be responsible, Aaron, yeah, I guess it's
it's gonna be whipped cream. What is strawberries the one, or is it like peaches or? You know what? Anything. Oh my gosh, fresh peaches in that is great. Um, blueberries. I've heard you can eat as many as those if you want. There's, it you don't even matter. Just throw them in your mouth. Um, I also do the mulberries, and then of course strawberries. And you know what's really cool? Okay, this is another trick. And okay. if your stomach really is hungry as well. Okay. Stay you know, tuned. Listen, listen up. You're getting knowledge here. This is gems. Because you know I have to fit in these little teeny tiny belly dance costumes I you know how it. it goes yes. you just take a banana and then you just like cut it up and then you put the whipped cream on it and then I put like a, a sprinkle cinnamon sugar on the top wow. so at night when you actually really are hungry and you have the sweet tooth it fills your stomach with the banana and then the um, cinnamon kind of makes your stomach feel like it's a little more full oh, okay and then you get your sweet tooth taken and you care got your of. potassium from the banana yes also you mentioned blueberries blueberries you eat a bunch of them that's apparently they're good for soreness also so I imagine after working out or oh, working I on a routine know that. Blueberries are good for soreness as well. Oh, that's yes. good to know. There you go. Yeah. Um, we covered everything. Aaron, you did a great job. Thank you, you so much. You told us for a little bit about me. yourself. No, the pleasure's all mine. You told us a little bit about yourself in the beginning. Uh, we had you taste beers and you enjoyed them, and that's that's always a good thing. We talked music, you shared a little bit about your interest in music, and um, we just talked food, so I think we've checked everything off the list. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, this is the part where I tell everyone. Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast. Thank you again for joining me. I'd like to thank Erin again for allowing me to sit You're down welcome. and talk with her. That was great. Um, you can keep up with me at Bruce Beats, the letter N Eats on Instagram, Twitter, even though I don't know how Twitter works or I haven't really applied myself to Twitter. Um, you could find the podcast on most platforms. Like I always say, if you enjoyed what you heard, tell a friend. If you didn't enjoy it, tell an enemy. Tell somebody. <laughs> somebody wants to know about this. You can tell them to find it on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, a bunch, a list of others. Um, you want to hit them with your socials one last time so they can yeah, find you? Yeah, so um, my Facebook is Gypsy, G-Y-P-S-I, and then Space and Aaron, E-R-I-N. So it's Gypsy Aaron. And then my um, Instagram is um, Gypsy Dancer, so G-Y-P-S-I-D-A-N-C-E-R. Or if you want to go through my um, Samba Instagram um, and Samba Facebook, it's www.sambasyndicate.com and Samba underscore syndicate. So I hope to see you there. And um, again, my name is Gypsy Aaron. Excellent. And I'm Old Head Ed, and I'm signing out. Peace. <laughs>